Welcome back to episode number 233 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and entries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are doing another incident update on the 2021 coal dust explosion in Baltimore, Maryland. These incident updates are meant to be shorter episodes to really highlight and help with our road to zero mission, having at least one year with zero fatalities worldwide from dust explosions by 2038. So these incident updates and the incident database itself is the place where we can record lessons learned in live time from dust fires and dust explosion incidents when they happen. So there's some really great reports put out by groups like the U.S. Chemical Safety Board, other local agencies, government organizations in different countries. But the challenge is with these really high value, high touch reports is that they often take years to come out and years to get those lessons learned out to the audience. That's really the purpose of the instant database is to serve the other side of this. What happened last week, last month, last year in terms of combustible dust with the sites that you work at today or that your clients work at today? What kind of lessons learned can we generate from that material that's being provided? And what really matters today for those industries that are handling combustible dust, those of us that help those industries as well? That's sort of the other side of the coin that we're trying to do with these instant updates and the instant database. So the instant database is where we house each dust explosion and and many combustible dust fires we find across the world. And we try to keep in live time the current status understanding of that. And our team goes ahead and does a, a lot of enhanced incident research. That's what we call it anyway, where we reach out to fire marshals, OSHA, we search legal databases, perform Freedom of Information Act requests to identify what's the latest that's known from these dust explosion incidents that happen so that we can provide that information out to the community so we can learn as we move forward and so that we can prevent loss from dust explosion incidents as a community. So the next two podcast episodes, this one and the one that follows, we're going to be talking quite a bit about lawsuits associated with dust explosions. So in this case, in this coldest explosion in Baltimore, Maryland, we gave a couple incident updates that we'll talk about on this already. Then we'll give the current status of the open court cases on this explosion. Next week's episode, we're going to cover the 2021 lumber mill explosion in Beauceville, Quebec. The same sort of thing. That is just going into a, not actually a lawsuit stage, but a, a criminal trial stage or criminal um, charges have been laid in that explosion through the Westray law here in Canada. And we're going to talk about what that means um, and the current status of that as well. So we've done a number of different episodes on incident updates in the past. Episodes like 193, the potato starch explosion in Tuas, Singapore in 2021. Episode 192, a flower dust explosion in Savannah, Georgia. Episode 191, a seed preparation facility explosion in Silverton, Oregon. And we talked about what we could find in terms of how this dust explosions happened and the lessons learned. In today's episode and in next week's episode, we're going to tell you more about these court cases as something that comes out of dust explosions. Because this is something that's not really that well thought of in terms of companies and the impact of having an event at your facility. Yes, there's you know impact on employees, there's impact on community, there's impact on downtime, there's cost to production, there's replacement of equipment, there's trying to get back up and running, there's morale, there's all these other aspects that come into it. One aspect not talked about as much is the lawsuit possibility. And it seems like the lawsuits associated with these type of incidents are getting more well-known, they're getting bigger, they're getting harder to defend, getting quite a bit more expensive. So I actually think this is going to be a key driver in terms of enhancing the awareness of the need for combustible dust safety in the future and getting the community to move forward to take safe best practice and to help each other in terms of preventing these incidents from happening. So we'll include a link to this incident entry in the incident database in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 233. We covered this 
incident twice in the podcast already. So in episode 210, we did an update. And also in episode 215, we did an update. In episode 210, we covered the explosion which happened in Baltimore, Maryland on December 30th, 2021. This was a location that was handling coal, I believe coming from a railroad company and also from ship. And according to news reports, there's explosions shortly after 11.30 a.m. on December 30th. And this explosion happened when coal was being removed conveyor. So there was a number of information we covered in episode 210 that the explosion blew nearby buildings. There were no injuries. We were able to find a number of videos showing the explosion. Now, at this time, we were really, uh, I guess, once we found the videos, it looks much more like a dust explosion. Before we found the videos, we weren't 100% sure this was a coal dust explosion. It could have been a methane gas explosion. And we reviewed in that episode the OSHA citations associated with this. So there's $121,000 in OSHA citations against the company that was involved. This included absent respirators and emergency protective equipment, lack of documentation designing hazardous and classified locations, incorrect electrical equipment, including a control panel, overhead lighting, and other equipment like that that was in the hazardous area or the potentially hazardous area, and a lack of testing to identify a potential hazardous area prior to employees entering. So at that point, we still weren't clear what happened. They didn't say in the citation what caused the explosion to happen, what the sequence of events was, what secret operations was. But the citations appeared to look towards, I think it was the North Reclaim Tunnel, I'm in the Northwest Escape Tunnel, for the initial ignition location of this explosion. In episode 215, then, we provided another update that talked about the videos that we found. So someone from the community reached out and said, hey, here's a number of news reports locally from this incident. Here's some videos that show the explosion. And it showed that the explosion occurred in a long conveyor system, which had several transfer towers. And these transfer towers, I think, drop out uh, more connected to the reclaim tunnel. Uh, I don't remember the exact layout. You can go back to episode 215 of the, the podcast to get an idea about that. One video showed a large fireball ejecting from one end of these transfer towers and smoke and dust spewing out of the conveyor system upstream and downstream. So it really looked like this was a coal dust explosion hazard. And later on, looking at the citations and the lawsuits associated, this was confirmed, or at least has been suggested as, as what occurred, that a methane gas explosion and a coal dust explosion happened in the reclaim tunnel. And then this caused a pressure wave to pick up the coal dust throughout the conveyor system, which then caused that defloration, that explosion to propagate throughout the site. In the episode 215, we also covered other effects from this explosion. Smoke and debris covered neighboring communities. There are 12 blocks that were focused in the Curtis Bay neighborhood adjacent to the site that had a lot of smoke and debris displaced on that community. In that episode, we also covered $125,000 in fines from the Maryland Department of Environment that was settled for 15000 in penalties and 100000 to the South Baltimore Community Land Trust from those fines. And then we also mentioned in that episode a third news report that was released on October 19th, 2022, that stated that a group of Baltimore residents had actually filed a class action lawsuit against the company. And that article said for a total of $5 million for coal dust and debris, broken windows, and other things that occurred after this explosion or during this explosion. Uh, the suit claimed that the company was negligent because of inadequate staffing and failed to comply with permanent requirements and others. So that that court case is actually what we're going to review today. And we're going to give some more information on this dust explosion incident itself that occurred. So if you're interested in the other back information, the OSHA citation, 
the videos, although we'll have links to those in the show notes for this episode as well. All that information we found in episodes 210 and 215 of the podcast. So in terms of this class action lawsuit that was filed against the company that was involved here, our team was able to retrieve a summary of the current status of the court case from Richard D. Bennett, United States Senior District Judge. And this was in response to the motion to dismiss the class action lawsuit made by the company. So I'm just going to read a couple notes from this document itself. We do have a link in the show notes at dustsavyscience.com slash 233. It's important to note that one, this is still an open case. So I'm just reporting the information that's available here. I'm going to try to avoid making any interpretations of my own. Two, there's a lot of legalese in this document and I'm not a lawyer. So this is not a professional interpretation or professional reading of this material. I just want to get some of the main points out here as again, lessons learned for the community for yourself, if you're working this industry, if you're working with this industry in terms of equipment, service supply, just to see some of the things that come up when these type of explosions occur. So I'm going to read the summary of the document itself, just the first paragraph so that we have it here. Um, I won't use the company's name just to you know keep that out of the podcast recording itself. But uh, the summary is on December 30th, 2021, there was an explosion in the North Reclaim Tunnel of the Curtis Bay Piers Coal Facility in Baltimore, Maryland. In this punitive class action, the plaintiffs allege that this explosion blanketed their homes and properties in coal dust and exposed them to contaminants associated with cancer, lead poisoning, coworks, pneumoniococcus. I really butchered that word, but you, I think you know what that word is, and other serious diseases. On behalf of themselves and others similarly situated, the plaintiffs filed suit against the company, which is the owner and operator of the Curse Bay facility alleging negligence, trespass, nuisance, and strict liability under Maryland law. They seek an injunction requiring adequate staffing and training at Curtis Bay, the establishment of an equitable fund for medical monitoring and property damages. They go on to say that the motion to dismiss made by the company and in which this this ruling or the statement is, is summarized of is denied. So I'm going to go through a bit of background material, some of the stuff that comes out of this document. They do mention what happened in this explosion. This is the first time we've been able to succinctly find a summary. We found pieces of it in a lot of places and released on the podcast before. I'll read from it a bit. It says that this case arises from an explosion that occurred in the Northern Reclaim Tunnel, a 770-foot concrete tunnel that runs from north to south, directly beneath the transfer yard, and is lined with coal feeders, conveyors, and related equipment. It says that the plaintiffs allege that methane and coal dust accumulated in the North Reclaim Tunnel between feeders 7 and 17, creating a localized flammable atmosphere, which was aggravated and enhanced by, by poor ventilation that prevented the confluence of flammable gases from dissipating. On December 30th, 2021, these gases combusted, generating a pressure wave that collected coal dust as it ran along the tunnel. The outcome was a massive explosion, in quotes, producing a plume that erupted out of the northern escape tunnel and the surface entrance, scattering pollutants into the air. And again, we do have videos that we'll include in the show notes for this podcast episode and some of the previous ones that we did as well. It goes on to say that the Curtis Bay facility is located directly adjacent to a residential neighborhood where the plaintiffs and the putative class members reside. According to the complaint, plaintiffs and the class members saw their homes blanketed in coal dust following the explosion. The plaintiffs alleged that dust and contamination released by the explosion settled onto the ground and required further cleanup before their residence could be made safe. They further alleged that the explosion released dangerous and or carcinogenic substance, including lead, arsenic, silica, and particulate matter. Now, the pros class members were caused to inhale these substances, exposing them to a significantly increased risk 
of contacting latent diseases, including cancer, lead poisoning, coworks, pneumoniosis, and other serious diseases. Said the plaintiffs filed suit on October 18th, 2022. And so that goes into a bunch of you know, legal talk about standard review and the analysis that was provided. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to read through the four complaints. So the first is negligence, second is trespass, the third is private nuisance, and fourth is strict liability for abnormally dangerous activities. And just, I'm going to read through a couple of these because they, again, give some context to what can happen. Uh, other considerations to be thinking about of why we need to protect and prevent from these types of explosions from happening. So in terms of negligence, the plaintiffs allege that the explosion at Curtis Bay was the result of the company's negligent staffing operation and maintenance at the facility. The plaintiffs also claim that the company had a duty to operate, supervise, and maintain the facility with responsible care and circumstances. And they also contend that this negligence were, resulted in the explosion that released the coal dust and contaminants into the community and caused the class members three types of harm. Personal injury through an inhalation of, of contaminants, damage to residential property that was blanketed by coal dust and contaminants, and personal property damage. And so there are some other notes there, but that's sort of a summary of the negligence complaint that was made. In terms of the trespass complaint, it says that plaintiffs allege that the explosion caused a trespass by spreading toxic coal dust onto the properties. Plaintiffs allege that the company caused the release of poisonous and carcinogenic chemicals onto the plaintiffs and class members' properties through air particles. To give you an idea of what the trespass looked like in this case. In terms of the third charge for nuisance, says that the plaintiffs allege that release of chemicals from Curtis Bay substantially interfered with their ability to use and enjoy their properties. And they claim that the company's operation of the Curtis Bay facility caused the nuisance in the form of the release of dangerous and carcinogenic chemicals and noxious odors into the surrounding of the community and class area. And then the fourth and, and final count that was denied in this motion to dismiss is for strict liability for abnormally dangerous activities. Some of the text here includes... Maryland courts have adopted the general principle from restatement of torts 519, which states that one who carries an abnormally dangerous activity is subject to liability for harm to the person, land, or chattels of another resulting from this activity. Although he has suffered or although he has exercised the utmost care to prevent harm, I mean, it's got a number of notes of factors that come into play there, and that the plaintiffs allege that the collection and handling of flammable coal dust adjacent to the residential neighborhood qualifies as an abnormally dangerous activity under Maryland law. And so those are just some notes. Again, I'm not a, a lawyer and that's just some reading from the document to give you an idea of the type of things that are going to come up after explosion incident like this occurs. So that's all we had for today's episode of the podcast. I just want to go through and give another update on this coal dust explosion, in Baltimore, Maryland, just for context and summary, I guess there was a large explosion, December 30th, 2021. There were no injuries, I do not believe, from this explosion incident, but uh, it was quite quite large. Um, in the, the court filings, we called a massive explosion in air quotes. And there's some videos that show that as well. And there were a number of outcomes from this, even though nobody was injured, nobody was you know impacted directly through injury from the explosion. There was the OSHA citations for $121,000. There were $125,000 in fines from the Maryland Department of Energy. And now there's also this class action lawsuit doesn't say in the court documents I just read what the the total cost or total top line value of the the class action is, but uh, previous reporting or previous news reports had suggested that it sits at five million 
for coal, dust, and debris. So it's giving you an idea, even in an explosion that did not cause loss of life or limb, there are very large knock-on effects. And this doesn't include shutdown of the facility and, and you know, um, repairs and that sort of stuff as well. But we're already talking millions and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in penalties and, and millions of potential lawsuits associated with this combustible dust incident. So we will keep updating this as we provide and receive more information from the explosion. I believe we did put a Freedom Information Act request out and also got back with the OSHA citation at this stage. But as the court case and the, the class action lawsuit, I, I guess it would be better to be called call it that. As the class action lawsuit progresses and any more information is available, we'll put it back out in the podcast. We'll put it out in the incident database as well to keep this incident updated. So as always, I appreciate everything you're doing in industries handling combustible dust. I appreciate the work you're doing every day. And I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And we'll continue to bring these incident updates to try to get, generate lessons learned from these explosions as they come out and as we're able to um, understand and evaluate this information as a community. Thank you so much.